Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Psalm 39, we continue. We continue. I have Psalm 39 from the New King James Version. To the chief musician, to Jedithan, a psalm of David. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish." I was mute, I did not open my mouth, because it was you who did it. Remove your plague from me, I am consumed by the blow of your hand. When with rebukes you correct me, correct man for iniquity, you make his beauty melt away like a moth. Surely every man is vapor. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner as all my fathers were. Remove your gaze from me that I may regain strength before I go away and am no more. So, okay, I, I rec- yesterday we recognized a connection to James, kind of a, a New Testament wisdom literature. I, I want to talk about a connection to another wisdom book. That's how, that's how I want to spend most of our time today. But something jumped out at me while you were reading there from the New King James. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is not so much necessarily a topic of conversation as much as I just kind of re- want to register out loud where my mind went, uh, the way the New King James read uh, verse 9. Can you, can you read verse 9 and 10 again, please? I was mute. I did not open my mouth because it was you who did it. Remove your plague from me. I am consumed by the blow of your hand. Just the way that read made me think of John the baptizer's father, Zacharias. Oh, how he was made mute. Oh, and that was God's hand who had done that. Yeah. Which then, you know, you and I actually did some study on that. Oh, man, I don't know. For one of our question answer nights that we were along with our text talk way back, you know, way back when, way back before COVID. um, And that connected back to Ezekiel. I believe it was that it seems that there were some times when if Ezekiel hadn't been given a prophecy, his his mouth was closed mm-hmm. by God. Just, just that interesting thing. I, and I think, it, I think what made me think of that is the New King James puts that in past tense. I was mute. I didn't open my mouth. Yeah, that's right. As if it's referring back to those first verses. Uh, the ESV has it as present, as if it's something new and a different thing. That's, again, I'm hmm. some of that I'm a little bit confused about exactly what's going on there. But I just wanted to register. Wow, that's what that makes me think of. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Cool things. So, so there's probably some connections there that on our next pass through the Psalms we can figure out. So for today, some of the wisdom picture we're picking up on is the brevity of life. Brevity indeed. The transitory nature of life. 
There's a really fascinating thing in verse 5 I want to call your attention to. Did you yeah. notice? I can't remember if the New King James did this or not. Is there like a threefold surely in verse 5 for years? I, I missed if it was. Um, No. What but is, but there, is, there is a threefold. Indeed, you have. Indeed. Yeah. You have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but vapor. And what's, what's next? Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Sure, oh, there's our Shirley's. Mm. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. So you're, where yours says certainly that first time, I, I think that's the same word as the two Shirley's. Okay. So in the Hebrew, we've got a, a threefold statement right there. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Okay. Driving that home. Look, if you didn't catch it when I said this the first time, mm-hmm. did, you, did you hear my first line? My first line was, surely mankind is a breath. Did you catch that? No, mm-hmm. no, no. Okay, surely, uh, <laughs> surely man goes about like a shadow. Now, I said it twice. Did you catch? Okay, no. Oh, third time's the charm. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. That's, there's probably a poetic expression for that repetition. Maybe it's just repetition. Or the rule of three. I don't know. The rule of three. That's, that's what we call it You today. know, the, the oral society that they're going to hear this and chant this. But it's building upon itself, right? And Absolutely. so there's emphasis. Emphasis. The, the thing that I found interesting while studying this is that surely for nothing, that's what the ESV says. That's the third surely. Surely for nothing. That word nothing is the same one that we find basically is the foundation for the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, so with the New King James, I think it's rendered vain. And that is the word vanity. Vanity. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, or nothing of nothings, all is nothing. That's just, that's what Ecclesiastes is all about. That he certainly is. That here's, and as it's presented in Ecclesiastes, and I, so, I know some people think that this is a uh, rhetorical device, but it's attributed to this son of David, the preacher, the king, Solomon. So I'm yeah. just going to talk about it like it's from Solomon because I never quite know why we shouldn't, but. I'm with you. I'm good with Solomon. Here's here's Koaleth, the preacher, son of David, who's the king of Israel, and he has set his mind to figure out what the meaning of life is. That sounds like something Solomon would do. Well, he might as well. He's got as much money as anybody in the world. He's got as much time as anybody in the world. He's got as many people doing his bidding as anybody in the world, you know? Might as well try to figure out what all this is for and what life is about. Surely, if anybody can figure it out, I can, he's saying, and so he does. And that's what I think is fascinating because he starts trying to figure out where can I find meaning? Where can mm-hmm. I find fulfillment? What is this life all about? What can I do that will be lasting and will be legacy? And he has a really hard time finding something. Well, and one of the recurring issues he runs into is the brevity of it all. Why does this fail? Because it ends and it ends quickly. Mm-hmm. And no matter what pursuit, it's not going to deliver beyond this life and this life is over as a vapor. And no matter who you are, that's what's going to happen. Mm, yeah. Every one of us, wise, fool, rich, poor, uh, king, servant, yeah, is, is going to, we're all going to die. And none of us know when. Yeah. So here's something that uh, comes up in Ecclesiastes. But when we were looking at uh, Psalm 39 in verse 6, a fellow, he heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. Mm-hmm. And that is specifically something that Solomon contemplates. In Ecclesiastes 2, I believe it is, chapter 2, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, about a man builds up his whole life and builds his fortune. And what would the fellow be like who comes after him? He's going to leave it for someone else. What if that fellow's a fool? 
And eventually, look, here's the thing. Odds are, if, you're, if your son is not a fool, well, then, yeah, he does well with it. But then yeah. there's a grandson. Yeah. And a great-grandson. I mean, odds are, eventually, eh, there's going to be a fool in there somewhere. Yeah, great families and, fall. And all of that is just gone. Mm-hmm. All of that that was stored up that we thought was going to be a lasting legacy that was going to continue on and kind of be my namesake. Yeah, no, it, it's it goes away. It goes away because eventually there's there's going to be somebody who blows it. Well, and even with Solomon, his son Rehoboam tries to come to the throne, and, and the first big decision he has to make, basically the time of his coronation, is do I listen to the wise counselors of my father or the foolish friends of my youth? He chooses the wrong people to listen to. He makes very bad decisions, and the kingdom just blows wide open mm-hmm. right at the beginning. And then that seems to, you know, come about some of Solomon's worst fears uh, contemplated in the book of Ecclesiastes. What what really gets me about that is that I know I've had a tendency to talk about Solomon, the wisest man ever, left his kingdom to a fool, and five sixths of it is gone in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. But what really gets me is actually David is the one who built up this kingdom because he was a man after God's own heart. And so yeah. God made this covenant with him. And it's actually Solomon's fault that that thing with Rehoboam happens. Right. And I know that plays in with why some people think maybe Ecclesiastes is not literally written by Solomon. But he goes into idolatry. He yep. follows after these foreign wives. And it's because of that that God says, OK, we're, we're going to we're going to take this away from your son. And so the wisest man in the world actually ends up being the fool mm-hmm. who lost the kingdom. Yeah. Even though it didn't happen until his son, literally. Yeah. yeah. So just a, back to Ecclesiastes, though, all these ways that Solomon tried to find meaning and fulfillment, grasping after when vanity of vanities, he starts the whole book. But we look in chapter two of Ecclesiastes. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women and many concubines, the delights of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found no pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expended it in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So I turned to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can man do who comes after the king? Only what was already been done. Then I saw there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet, I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this also is vanity. 
For of the wise as of the fool, there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise dies just like the fool, so I hated life, because it was done under the sun, was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after wind. Vanity, nothing, brevity, brief. I die, I get forgotten. I die, I leave stuff to the next generation. I hope that's going to cause a memory, but it's going to be a fool. I mean, eventually it is, even if that next one's not. It's, it's going to be a fool. And and man, when I put this in Solomon's life, like I said a minute ago, he had actually already sown the seeds Yeah, for this. Solomon uh, Solomon writes something that is, that is so true this this passing of life and no one's going to remember us and he did better than most on that count because you know he wrote a book that made it in the bible so we actually do know his name (laughs) but from the rest of us (laughs) we just have to say amen it passes it passes away quickly and that made every bit of that stuff that he did, he said, useless. And think of the things. He sums it up with wisdom, madness, and folly. Mm-hmm. He says whether he was pursuing wisdom or foolishness, whether he was pursuing madness or sanity, it didn't matter. Either way, he was going to die, and it made it all useless. Whether it was possessions, pleasures, whether it was great works and production and achievements, all of these things that he was chasing after in order to find oneness, wholeness, meaning, fulfillment, it was all useless. It was all vanity. He comes to a place at the end of Ecclesiastes where this is about serving God. This is man's all, okay, to, to serve God. Yep. And that's really where it comes around in Psalm 39 also. After observing all of this vanity, we need to have hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. That is quick as this life goes by and the changing fortunes of it, whether it's wise or fools, what is going to withstand what is eternal? That is God. That is the Lord. I am neither the prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I am the one who figures out what these conversations are going to be. I think that sounds like a good Friday conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's probably all we have time for today anyway, so we'll just have to put a pin in that and come back to Friday. We're so glad that you've joined us for the conversation. We'd love to know what you're getting out of the Psalms. Let us know. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love getting those emails. Let's have a word of prayer, Edwin. Holy God, we pray that we will put our hope in you. We understand that everything else that we might pursue to get wholeness and fullness and meaning uh, it's it's all vanity, but you, Lord, you are substance. You are real. You are true. Thank you for being our God. We love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.